Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Good afternoon and welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where as always, we're here together working to improve our financial IQ. Total Wealth Academy is a coaching and consulting program where we teach people how to use real estate to build a second stream of income, um, both actively and passively. Generally, the active people are investing in single family and small apartments, The passive investors are investing in large apartments, senior living, self-storage, strip shopping centers, hotels, and more. And I, I know I bring this up a lot, but it's really the only business model that seems to be working out there for investors. The strategy of speculating in the stock market or gold or silver or crypto is leading and also this concept of saving your way to retirement, it just doesn't work. 95% of Americans are failing to retire by age 65. They've got to keep working. And many of them never retire. They pass away while still at work. And that's 29%, by the way, that die before age 65. Only 5% of Americans are succeeding financially. The good news, we know what they're doing. Almost all of them have a second stream of income. It just makes sense. Your bills come in and the misconception that, oh, your bills get lower as you get older. They don't. They go up because of inflation, because of medical bills and so on. You need money coming in every month because you have bills every month. And using the strategy of saving your way to retirement puts you in a position where as soon as you retire, you start start praying to your God, please kill me before I run out of money. Just not a good way to live. But if you build that second stream of income and set it up so that both you and your wife or significant other know exactly how to keep it going, Because women outlive men 18.5 years. Men, if you're married to a woman, are you prepared for that? Or are you going to leave her destitute or she has to go back to work? So that's what we do at Total Wealth Academy. We teach people how to build that second stream of income. Today I want to talk about mistakes that people, that we see all the time um, in both single family and commercial. There's really only two major mistakes in commercial. But in single family, I've got seven that I'd like to review with you. And where do we see these? Well, not a lot of people understand that we buy real estate from incompetent landlords all the time. All the time. People who arrogantly say, I'm going to buy a few rent houses, I don't need to take a course on it, I'll figure it out as I go, trial and error method, blah, blah, blah. Well, they invariably do it wrong. 
They don't know what they're doing. And a couple years later, they haven't made any cash flow and they sell it to us because we do know what we're doing. And they sell it to us at a deep, deep discount. Because they're running around going, real estate doesn't work, real estate doesn't work. No, you did it wrong, bro. You didn't know what you were doing. You ran that property in the ground. We'll be happy to take it off your hands. So these are the mistakes that people make that haven't taken a course on real estate investing. And it doesn't have to just be ours. There's lots of good ones out there. But the first one is overpaying. This is so hard to recover from. If you overpay for a property, you're you're upside down the minute you start. It's hard to recover from that. Now, paying full price for a property is overpaying. See, people who don't know what they're doing think that the way to make money with real estate is you go out and you buy a house full price and wait for it to go up in value. That's how you make money with real estate. No. That's speculation. That's no better than investing in the stock market. You're hoping it goes up in value. But what do we know about real estate? What do we know about stock market? It's not if it's going to go down in value, it's when. Now the good news is, it's not if they're going to come back, it's when. But that is not how you make money with real estate. We're buying these properties 70%, I'm sorry, at 70% of value minus the rehab. So $200,000 house, we're buying it for $140,000. There's $40,000 in rehab. We're buying it for $100,000, putting the $40,000 in rehab. The day we close that deal, we make sixty. Wait a minute, I, I may have done that wrong. $200,000 house. 70% value would be 140. Yeah, I, I, I got it right. I'm sorry. So $60,000 equity pickup. The minute we close that deal, our net worth goes up $60,000. That's real estate investing. So again, what we see are people going out, paying full price for houses or more, because they don't know how to evaluate them. And then two or three years later, they're putting them on the market at a discount. Because they, they think real estate doesn't work. It, it does work. You did it wrong. So overpaying is the first big mistake. How do you prevent it? It's simple. You subscribe to a service like HomeInvestorTool.com. HomeInvestorTool.com tool.com and you run your own comparable sales. I can literally log on to Home Investor Tool, type in the address of the subject property, and within 30 seconds know exactly what that house is worth after repaired value. Exactly. Now, is it perfect? No, but it gives it's close enough then I'm going to write an offer based off of it. People who rely on realtors to give them the comparable sales or they look at asking prices around the neighborhood. Let me ask this question. 
Let's say you've got a house and you can buy it for 300000 There's five other homes in the neighborhood asking 350000 and the tax assessed value is three twenty. What's that house worth? One minute. Your subject property. Here's the terrible answer. I gave you absolutely no information whatsoever with which to value that property. Does the tax record value mean anything? Absolutely nothing. It could be high, it could be low. Does the asking price of a home mean anything? It means nothing. You want to know what six or seven houses just like the one you're buying sold for. What have they actually sold for? That's the comparable sale. We'll talk more after the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. There's an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And that is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that is going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars over the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, attend our free sample class at TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Steve Davis, and we're talking about uh, seven mistakes that single-family buyers make outside of Total Wealth Academy. These are properties that we end up buying, rehabbing, and leasing and making a lot of money with because people who are arrogant enough to say, I don't need to take a course on real estate investing, I'm just going to do it all by myself, always fail because what's logical in real estate is not what's effective. I'll explain that one more time here in a few minutes. When we talk about leasing, um, real estate is not intuitive. You have to know this. A lot of it sounds like it's not going to make sense. You'd think, well, the asking price means something. The asking price means nothing. The tax record means nothing. It's only comparable sales. What if six other homes just like your subject property in the same neighborhood sold for in the last three to six months? That's the ARV. The average of those sales is the after repaired value and you do all your calculations based off that. Second big mistake we see, people paying cash for real estate. Pay, you know, Dave Ramsey tells you, just save up and buy a house cash for your rental properties. Okay, if you were going to live to be 300, that would make sense, even though I, I wouldn't do it. But it would make sense if people lived a lot longer than they do. But if you save up 300,000, let's say that takes you 10 years, that means you're going to buy four houses your entire lifetime, maybe five. You could take that same $300,000 with the knowledge we have and buy 10 houses this year that make you four to $5,000 a month for the rest of your life. He wants you to buy these houses one at a time, save up, pay in full, and make about a grand a month each. 
Now, we only make four to $500 a month because we have a mortgage. Yeah, you're going to make a grand off of that one house, but it takes you 10 years to do it. And you're dead before you get to your sixth house. Same 300 grand, same 300 grand, and you could buy 10 this year using hard money loans and Fannie Mae. So paying cash for a real estate is dumb as a rock because you're not doing the math. How long does it take you to save up the third 300 grand? Divide that by your life expectancy, and that's going to tell you how many houses you bought. And you're certainly not going to retire early. Like I said, you'll be dead before you get your sixth or seventh one. Meanwhile, the guy who took the 300000 bought 10 houses, retires in the second year. So, why does Dave Ramsey tell you to pay cash? Because he screwed up. He screwed up. He took loans with balloons on single family. Balloons, what, what is a balloon? It means at the end of the fifth year, the whole, it's amortized for 30 years, but at the end of the fifth year, the whole balance is due. It balloons. Balloons are for clowns. So he lost those properties because he didn't know what he was doing. He should not talk about real estate investing. And I love Dave Ramsey. He's freaking awesome at getting people out of debt. But as far as investing, he needs to shush. He's making all his money off his radio show, not off investments. The next thing that's just ridiculous about it is he says, if you pay the house in full and you don't have a mortgage and you can't lease it, you mismanage it, you'll be okay. Wrong. You still have insurance and taxes to pay. There's no such thing as a debt-free house. If you pay your house in full, are you debt-free? No. You still owe taxes and insurance as well as maintenance. If you mismanage a property that's paid in full, you will lose it almost as fast as he lost his because you don't know what you're doing. Do not do that. Paying cash has no respect for your life and the fact that we only get about 75 years. The third big mistake, not taking the money in for rehab and rehabbing the property up front. You must rehab real estate the day you buy it. What most people do, and there are hundreds of books that tell you to do this. I see it on bigger pockets. I see idiots saying it all over the place on the internet. Don't worry about it. Just get the asset. Close the deal. Trade a pickup truck for the down payment. Whatever it takes, just get the deal. This is so wrong and so ineffective that it's scary. People will say, I'll eke the repairs out of the cash flow. Okay? 
$40,000 rehab, $500 a month cash flow. How many months is that going to take you to complete the rehab? 80 months. People just don't do the math. It'll never get done because in 80 months, guess what it needs? Another rehab. Eking the repairs out of the cash flow, horrible idea, horrible. And then these people that do the rehab themselves, holy Toledo, <laughs> it's cheap people who cheap themselves out. They're cheap. Oh, I can get, oh, a contract car charged me 40000 I can do it for twenty. Is your Does your time have no value? You're not putting your time into the equation. Sweat equity. I almost said something incorrect. Um, what would be the word for it? You know what I was about to say. Um, forget sweat equity. Your time is valuable. You've got a job. You've got a career. You've got romancing your wife to do. You've got raising your kids to do. You've got to get to the gym. You've got all kinds of things to do. Your time is the most valuable thing you've got. And he's knuckleheads. I'm going to rehab it myself. Uh-huh. And a year later when you're not done and it's still not leased and you lose the property to foreclosure, you'll understand why I say no. Get a professional to do it. If the deal doesn't work, paying a professional, then it's not a deal. It's not a deal. The other thing that happens is these cheap people who have no value for their time, have no value for their life, they buy it. They say they're going to rehab it out of the cash flow. Two or three years later, they've made no money and the rehab's still not finished. And you know what they say? Real estate doesn't work. Golly gee, it's not working. No, you did it wrong. It's you that's not working. So you make sure any single family house you buy that the loan to purchase it includes a loan to rehab it and make it perfect. This allows you to attract the perfect tenant and get the highest possible rent actually starting the second year. The first year you want to rent it at average, but the second year raise it to the high. I'll explain that on a leasing show sometime. Third, I'm sorry, fourth major mistake, and this one's kind of funny, answer your phone when you have a property for lease. Answer your doggone phone and you'll lease it. I had a member come to me complaining that he couldn't lease his property. I said, do you have the rent where it should be? Yep, it's the average for the neighborhood. Did you completely rehab the house up front? Yep, it's in perfect shape. Well, I do have 15 messages on my phone from people who are interested. 
answer your doggone phone. He let all those people go to phone mail. You got to close the sale when the, when the buyer is hot. When they call you, they're hot. Two days later, three days later, a week later, one, they probably leased from somebody who does answer their phone. And if they haven't, they're probably not that serious. And you missed the opportunity. Answer your doggone phone and close the sale, the lease of the property. Number five, and this is the one that I warned you about, is not intuitive at all. When you're leasing, every one of you thinks, and don't say you don't, I've done this in front of 300 and 3,000 people before, you think you want to be nice when you're leasing the property. You want to be polite, you want to be sweet, saccharine, because you're trying to close the sale. You want them to think you're going to be a great landlord so you're super nice. Wrong wrong, wrong. You want to be a bear when you're leasing. A doggone grizzly bear. Listen to this phone call. Hi. They say, Hi, I would like information on your home on so-and-so street. Great. Okay. We have to go to break, but when we come back, I will tell you the exact tonality to use with a caller. Some of you are going to have trouble doing it at first. And show you why you want to be a bear when you're leasing and a bunny rabbit once they move in. This is the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. The stock market was never designed to build wealth. It was designed to keep up with inflation. The average rate of return over the last 75 years is about 7%. You'll get that even with the ups and downs. If you want a higher rate of return and less volatility, consider real estate. We make about three times as much as the stock market. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That is TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Steve Davis, where we're discussing being a bear when you lease, which again, is it's not intuitive. All these people that we're buying property from, they were sweet when they leased. They were friendly. They were trying to show them they're going to be a good tenant. Bad tenants love you. They love you because they know you're a sucker. You're a sucker. You don't know what you're doing and they know it. So they move in on you. Next thing you know, your property's destroyed. They haven't paid rent for two months. They're, they've got three families living in your unit. Just, they know you're a sucker. You want to be a bear when you're leasing. Listen to this tonality. It's not mean, but it's serious. Prospective tenant calls me. Hi, give me information. Please give me information on your property on so-and-so street. Sure. It's a three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage, 1,500-square-foot home. It's $1,700 a month and $2,000 security deposit. Is that house big enough for you, and does it fit your budget? Hear me close for the sale? 
I'm closing. And do you hear that tonality? It's not sweet. It's not mean. But it's direct, to the point, professional, and a bit of a bear. They answer yes. Great. I'm showing the property Thursday at 6.30 p.m. or Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Which day works best for you? Another close. I'm closing for the sale. The sale at this point is getting them to come meet you and view the property. They say, well, could you show it to me now? No. I'm showing it Thursday and Saturday. I have multiple appointments and those are the days I'm showing it. Will either of those days work for you? Yeah, I guess. I guess I'll get there Thursday. Why is he going to push for Thursday? Because he knows I've got multiple people looking at the property. So why do you only do two days a week? And you can pick any days that work for you. Just pick two, one weekday, one weekend. And why do I do that? Safety. I, I'm a big six foot three, 240 pound guy and I carry a gun, but I don't want to go show it to everybody that calls me. I don't know who they are. I want other people there at the same time so they can't pull anything. The next reason you do it is because if you've got somebody serious and they're, what's the word for it, balking and they don't really want to sign right now and they don't want to give you the security deposit, application deposit, which becomes the security deposit, and another family walks in, guess what? They're going to look at that other family, look at each other, and say, you know, Steve, we'll go ahead and fill out that lease application and give you the application deposit $2,000 right now. So there's multiple, multiple reasons why you do not show your property every time somebody calls. Another one's quality of lifestyle. Do you really want to go drive back and forth from your rent house four times a week, five times a week, six times a week to show it to six different people? No. Get them to show up. Give them two choices. Stick to those two choices and get as many people there at each choice as possible. Now, once they move in, it's switch. This is when you become the bunny rabbit, the cute little fluffy, friendly, sweet bunny rabbit. Tenant calls you with a problem. Example, phone rings. Hey, Steve, it's Mike. Oh, hey, Mike. Listen, our AC is out. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Whoa, that sucks. It's doggone 100 plus degrees right now in Texas. Um, isn't your wife pregnant, too? Wow, that is horrible. Um, give me 15 minutes. I'm going to call my AC guy and get him to call you back. If I don't get a hold of him, I'm going to run to Home Depot and get a window unit. And we'll put it in your wife's bedroom so she'll be comfortable till I can get a hold of my AC guy. You okay with that? Great. Man, again, I apologize. And I'll talk to you. Either my AC guy or I will talk to you in 15 minutes. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. Bye-bye. And that's, by the way, that's how you take a maintenance call. People, people turn maintenance calls into big deals. It's like, solve the freaking problem. Be proactive. Get it done. 
And Bunny Rabbit is all about what? Tenant retention. Keeping your tenant in the property as long as possible will increase your profit dramatically because you don't have to do make readies, you don't have to do rehabs, you don't have to go through the leasing process and lose two weeks, three weeks of rent. Tenant retention. So again, most people think, be sweet up front and lease it, and then when they call on a maintenance call, you're a mean bear. The opposite is true. Bear up front, bunny rabbit, once they move in. Sixth thing that people do, and this is greed related, they don't fully screen the tenant. And then they wonder why they have bad tenants. Now, what do I mean by greed related? Greed is when, in that scenario I just gave you, the family fills out their application, gives me a check for $2,000, the application deposit, which again becomes the security deposit once they're approved. People don't want to let that 2000 go. They're like, Ooh, oh, I'm afraid to check their credit. I might have to give back the tooth grand. Afraid to check their credit. I might go another week without it being leased. I might have to make a mortgage payment. Those are all greed points. Don't be greedy. Put the right tenant in, even if it takes a couple of extra weeks. So, Screen them fully, and here we go. One, credit report. Two, criminal report. Full criminal report. And all I'm really looking for in the criminal report is violent crime. I don't care about marijuana or driving. and It's violence you're looking for. Don't put anybody with violent crime in your property. Three, Talk to the previous landlord. Previous, not the current landlord. Why? The current landlord will lie to you to get a bad tenant out. You'll call the current landlord, Hey, Mr. Smith, tell me about the Morgans. Oh, they're the greatest tenants ever. I already miss them and they haven't moved out yet. It's, oh, they're wonderful. Meanwhile, they haven't paid rent in three months and they destroyed the property. Talk to the previous landlord. The previous landlord will go, yeah, the Morgans, let me think, Morgans. Oh, Elm Street, holy Toledo. Talk about a nightmare on Elm Street. They didn't pay their rent for six months. I had to evict them. They used a pauper's clause. They destroyed the property. Do not lease to the Morgans. And then the fourth stage is really three parts. It's verifying income. You're verifying, one, that they have a job, two, that their income is three times the rent, three times the rent, and three, likelihood of continued employment. Now, not every HR department will answer that question, but most of them will. They'll go, oh yeah, we, the Morgans are great. John Morgan is a great uh, employee. We love him. He's going to be here for a while. So screen the daylights out of your tenant because the tenant can dictate the landlord experience. A skilled scumbag can make your life a nightmare. 
So screen the daylights out of your tenant. And one of those screenings is by being a bear up front. Bad tenants love sweet landlords. They love you. They know you're a sucker. You want to be a bear and scare those people off. They need to know you are serious, that you will enforce the lease, that you will evict them, and so on. And then the seventh is really kind of what I described in that phone call about the AC. The, this mistake is huge. Not taking care of your tenants. They're paying your mortgage. And an extra four or $500 for you to just do whatever you want with it. And you don't take care of them. Remember, as a real estate investor, you're here to help and serve a family. Could be an individual, but generally it's a family. You're here to help and serve them by providing them a clean, functional, safe place to live. When you get a tenant call, when you get a maintenance call, One minute. it's a joy. It's your opportunity to serve. Take those maintenance calls, get the problem solved, take care of your tenant, and I'm telling you, they will be there for year after year after year. I've got one couple, 2000, good Lord. They've been with me for 17 years. Is that right? 7, 14, 21. Yeah, 14 or 15 years. Sorry. I think I said 17. It's 14 or 15 years. Man, time flies. Um, because I take care of them. They love where they live. They know if they have a problem, I solve it immediately. They're not going anywhere. As you can imagine, they probably paid more than 50% of the house off. So those are the seven big mistakes. Overpaying, don't do it. Paying cash for real estate, don't do it. Eking the repairs out of the cash flow, don't do it. Rehab it up front. Not answering your phone. Being nice when leasing. Not fully screening the tenants and not taking care of your tenants. Those are the seven big boys. When we come back, we'll talk about the two major mistakes in commercial real estate apartments, senior living, and so on. This is the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. There's an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And that is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that is going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars over the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, attend our free sample class at TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where we're about to go through two, the two big mistakes that I see. Oh, you know what? I realize there's a third one that I better address. 
the the first the the first one is very similar to single family. In commercial property, not taking care of your tenants. Who man, I'm almost going to say this is the number one. That's how you get in trouble. Whether it's commercial tenants in a strip shopping center or your tenants in an apartment complex, not taking care of your tenants is the biggest, most costly mistake that that I see people make. Um, it, It leads to vacancy. It leads to bad tenants. It leads to having to reduce your rent, which reduces the value of the property. There's nothing good that comes from it. Remember, our job as real estate investors is to help and serve our tenants. And taking care of them once they move in is huge, huge. Tenant retention, just like with single family, is the goal. So not taking care of your tenants, again, leads to lower rents, lower occupancy, and dissatisfied tenants. The second big one in commercial real estate, and people argue with me about this all the time, it's co-GPs in the LLC. Two equal partners. This is so unprofessional that it's ridiculous. If you were in the military, can you imagine reporting to two officers, same rank and same authority? Think about that. What if you had two bosses? Would you ever get anything done? Never. It is without a doubt unprofessional and dumb as a rock. (laughs) No co-GPs. Somebody has to be in charge. Somebody has to make the hard decisions. Now, is there an exception to this rule? Yes. I know a co-GP and what they did was they delineated responsibilities on paper, they both signed it. That is okay because none of them overlap. They don't have overlapping responsibilities. One of them makes financial decisions, one of them makes operational decisions. And each of them has their role and they have full authority in their role. The other reason it works, they've been friends since they were 15. I would assume that's about 30 years or more. They're like <laughs> they're like an old married couple, you know? They they argue. They admit that. But in the end, they come to a resolution and move forward and forget about it. Just like a married a successful married couple. So there is an exception to this rule, but 99.9% of the time, co-GPs cause problems, always.
I've never seen it not cause a problem except in that exception that I gave you. But that's a huge exception. It's almost like they're not co-GPs. They have equal ownership like a co-GP, but their authority is laid out and it's different for both of them. So you don't have two leaders trying to make the same decision. The third one is slipping my mind. Good thing I had the single family ones written down. Okay, it's taking care of your tenants. Don't do code GPs. Doggone it. I feel bad. Let me open the phone lines in case somebody has a question while I'm trying to remember what the third one is. It's uh, 281-558-5738. If you have any questions about single family or commercial, feel free to call. 281-558-5738. 281-558-KSEV. So... Oh, also, you can email me. It's steve at totalwealthacademy.com. Steve at totalwealthacademy.com. Steve at totalwealthacademy.com. Man, this third one is just not coming to me. So I actually need your help. Please call me so I have something to talk about. 281 558 5738. 281 558 KSEV or again email me Steve at Total Wealth Academy. This first email comes from a brandy and this is a passive investor question. As a passive investor do I have voting rights? Absolutely. Um Oh, this, uh, I see. I'm sorry, I read it backwards. Um, You've got money in an IRA. You've got money, even if you have money in a 401k, yes, you can use those to invest passively in real estate, and I teach that in my Saturday class, how to do that legally. Um, It's a little complex, but I've never had anybody take my Saturday class and not be able to do it. It's, It's very easy. Once you understand the concepts, once you reach sophisticated level, um, and you I don't know how much you have in your accounts, if it's over a million bucks, you're at the accredited level, but we do require all our members to be sophisticated, even if they're accredited. I want you to know almost as much as your sponsor before you go into any deal. So go to TotalWealthAcademy.com and click on the free sample class. That will be your first step, Brandy. Go to Total Wealth Academy, click on the free sample class, come visit with us or watch it online. TotalWealthAcademy.com, free sample class. Okay, phone lines are open. 281-558-5738. 281-558-KSEV. All right. Let me go through these emails. Sales pitch. LinkedIn. Okay, here this appears to be a question from a Steve. Th- 
Thank you for the kind words about the radio show. Um, credit reports. Credit reports. What am I looking for in a credit report? Believe it or not, I'm not really worried about a low credit score. I'm worried about uh, foreclosures. I'm worried about evictions. And I will actually lease to somebody that's been foreclosed on lately, but I generally ask for a double security deposit. Because if they're foreclosed on, they're not going to be able to buy a home. So I'm going to do whatever I can to help them. But I want some security, additional security. So if the rent is $1,700, security deposit is $2,000, I'm going to collect $4,000 in security deposit and let them in. If they pay their rent on time for a year, I give them back half of the security deposit at the end of the 12 months. Because some people, a lot of people who do lose their homes, it literally wasn't their fault. They lost a job, COVID hit. There's all kinds of things that can occur that are out of their control. And they're really good people. All their credit cards are always paid on time. It, it's I've seen some credit reports that you would just feel sorry for the family. All their credit cards, all their auto payments on time, 10 years, 20 years, and boom, a foreclosure. I am not going to not, I'm still going to lease to that person. But again, with a double security deposit that I return after 12 months of on-time payments. Um, the I'm more interested in the previous landlord's response. That's the most powerful. If I spoke, speak to a previous landlord and somebody's got a 500 credit score, which is low, and the previous landlord goes, oh my gosh, yeah, those were great tenants. They were with me for five years. They always paid on time. When I took over the property, I only had to do a light make ready because they took such good care of the property. I'm still gonna lease to that person even with a 500 credit score. Okay, we're at the end of the show. Thank you, Steve, for the question. Thank you all for listening. Have a great rest of your day. I will remember what number three is and talk about that tomorrow. Take care. You've been listening to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investing advice. Always get a professional opinion before making any investment decisions. To find out more about coaching and consulting at Total Wealth Academy, visit TotalWealthAcademy.com and attend one of our free sample classes on real estate investing. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.